Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. I know wherever you're at tonight that you felt the presence of the Lord. We have been praying all day for this moment for God to really touch you right where you're at. And I'm so excited to share with you just a quick word from the Lord that God has been leaping in my spirit for Faith Builders Church, but also I believe the church, the big C, the church of Jesus Christ. And you know, the time that we're going through in this season where everything's a little different, I just want to encourage us as believers that God is not concerned about this moment. God is in every moment here on earth. And if you look at back at the history of the church. There are times that the church has gone through crisis. This isn't the first one. Thank you, Jesus. The church has gone through many crises. I was just thinking this week that 9-11 changed the whole structure of what church looked like. You know, the church was struggling and trying to figure out what it looked like. But how many know that the church is the Lord's, right? This is God's house. And the church of Christ always stands and is always strong. And then we had the 08-09 financial crisis and many churches didn't know what they were going to do and everybody had to cut back and they had to figure out the plan and there were some struggles that the church went through in that time. But look at us again. In 2020, the church is still thriving. The church is still strong because the church is not ours. It is God's design and it is God. It belongs to the Lord. And so I believe that in this moment of the church, God is still in it. I believe the greatest season of the church is here. You know, I made a post the other day that the world may be on pause, but God isn't on pause. Somebody say amen. God is still moving. There are still signs, wonders, and miracles that are still happening here on the earth. And I believe as the church, if we will take this moment and say, it may look different right now, but I'm going to embrace this moment. I'm going to allow the Lord to work on my heart in this season. I'm going to get closer to the Lord in this season. I think that we, our hearts to long to be back to the church is wonderful. The, obviously, the design of God is the church, but I also believe that God wants to bring revival to our hearts individually and in our homes. And this is the time. Amen. So I want to share with you a word that the Lord put in my heart. And we're going to look at the after the resurrection, and then we're going to go back to the Last Supper. But I felt like we really couldn't bring the, the significance of the Last Supper until we look at the after the cross and the resurrection. I want to share with you the power of the church and what God has designed His church to look like. And I believe in the church that we are teeter-tottering on this amazing time in the body of Christ that I don't think we've seen for many, many years, and it's revival. And it doesn't look like what we think it looks like, but I think if we can capture the heart of the Holy Spirit in this season, that this is a prophetic season. This is a turning of the tides, that God's meshing the, the church that he's called, and then the, the labors of the field, and he's putting those things together to launch the greatest revival the church has ever seen. Amen? So I want to take a minute, and we're going to look at Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, I'm not going to keep you long because I want to get to our communion, but I also want to share with you what the Lord has put strong into my heart. So Acts chapter 2 is the time where the church was actually being birthed after the resurrection of Christ. And Jesus has risen at this point. And now we have Peter who comes with the first revelation in the New Testament. And he's prophesying the, the prophecies of Joel's from Joel thousands of years ahead of time. And it's so awesome because he says in, uh, let's see, verse 17, 
prophesying, which I believe is the time we're living in today. He said, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. How many can feel the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Even right now, there is an outpouring of God. And the word says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. That is the time we are living in. It is time for the church to arise and not just meet, that's a big part of it, but now be the church of Jesus Christ. So let's look how the first church How did it happen? How did it manifest? So if you go into chapter two, and we're going to start in verse, let's see, 41, I believe. And it says this, then those who gladly received his word, let's stop right there. For those who gladly received Peter's words. So what was the words of Peter? What was he sharing? Well, if you go a little bit in advance, a couple of verses ahead of, ahead of time, it says in verse 38 and 39, he was charging the people with what the church was gonna look like now because of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He told them, this is what needs to happen. We need to repent of our sins, amen? The forgiveness of our sins. Repentance needs to come back to the house of God. I feel that so strongly We need to humble ourselves before the Lord. And then he told them, I need you to be water baptized. And then the best part of all, he says, I need you to receive the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is the first time the church is ever hearing these kind of words. And the Bible said that their hearts were struck with awe. They were struck with this reverence awe of these words they've never heard to repent, to be water baptized, and to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the the apostles' doctrine, those three principles. And so let's go back to the verse that I started in verse 41. Then those who gladly received the word, repentance, baptism, and the Holy Spirit, were baptized, and that day, listen to this, about 3,000 souls were added to the church. That's revival. When we get back to preaching the, the forgiveness of sins, the baptism of water, and the, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit is where now the church begins to thrive. That is the great commission. And verse 42 says, and what did they do? Not only did they receive the word, which the apostles gave, they received the word, and then it went on in verse 42, and they continued steadfast, in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, they received the word of the apostle of God, they took that word, and they ran with the word to their friends and to their cities of repentance, baptism, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what did they do? They received the apostles' doctrine, and they fellowshiped. I want to stop right there on that word fellowship. I'm so excited about this word. I'm just like crawling out of my skin. With We are in this season of something so amazing. What did the people do? They stopped, stopped and they fellowshiped with who? In the breaking of the bread and in prayers. Now that word fellowship is twofold. We're gonna partake of one of them tonight. One of them is the communion, that breaking of the bread. We're gonna receive the breaking of the bread. Who is the bread? Jesus is the bread of life. Amen. Jesus is the life giver. He's the one. And we're going to receive that in just a couple minutes here. But the second thing that the church did is they took that message 
and they went into their homes. And that word fellowship means they invited people in and they had dinner. They had meals with people. And that word uh, fellowship means koinonia. See, for the church so long, we've thought church was in our buildings, and it is. It is where we receive the apostles' call. It's where we receive the clarion word of God. And they dealt daily at the temple, which we'll read in just a minute. But they took the word, and then they brought it into their homes. Tell me tonight isn't significant in the kingdom and in the spirit of God that we're taking something that we've done reverent in the temple of God, which we should, but now we're bringing it into our homes. This is where God is calling the church. He wants us to break fellowship in our homes. He wants us to invite people in, invite our families, our neighbors, our coworkers in. And when they broke dinner, it wasn't just a quick little meal. They met for hours. And what did they do? They invited people into their homes. They broke bread. And as they shared their love, as they shared their home, they shared the apostles' doctrine. That is the call of the church. We are to share the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the time where I believe the church is going to come alive like we've never come alive before if we will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. God does not want us to go back to normal the church is going to come alive and you're going to see as, as we read in just a minute. Well, let me go ahead and go there in verse 46. He said, after they broke bread, what did they do? They continued daily with one accord in the temple. So when we come back and we're going to meet in our church and God has designed the church, we're going to come back to the temple. We're going to get the voice of the Holy Spirit in this season. We don't want words that are itching ears and make us feel good. I believe God is calling the church to be a sound, a horn, if you will, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of repentance, of baptism, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you can feel that right now and you can say yes to this prophetic word of God. And they came to the temple daily. And what did they do? The temple was the magnifying of the word of God. And they would take that magnifying, they would take that word that the apostles would give down what Jesus or the, or the old scriptures would say, and they would run into their cities and they would take that word into their cities and teach the people. And listen, that's how revival is going to happen. Amen. So let's look again at verse 46. They went into the temple. And what did they do? They broke bread again from house to house and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. If we ever needed peace in the season of the world we're living in, in the season of the church we live in, let's get back to the simplicity, but the most powerful message we can ever teach. And that is the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, amen, who is alive. He sits at the right hand of God the Father. He's making intercessions for the saints right now. And all the people that went to heaven before us, there's a grandstand of heaven cheering us on. They're saying, run the race of faith. Keep your faith. Stay focused on the plan of God. Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. There is a world that is lost, dying, and broken 
broken and they are dying to hear the good news that the church has to say. And the church doors are wide open right now. Amen. And we're going to break bread together tonight in our homes. And I'm challenging our church faith builders and the church of Jesus Christ to break bread with the world. Invite the I am the bread of life into your home and into people's lives because people are desperate for the presence and the touch of a Savior. Amen. And then listen to this in verse 47. What did they continue to do? They were praising God and having favor with all people. In this season that I believe the church is being unleashed into the world, you are going to have favor with God and with man. You're going to have favor with your friends and with your families. It is time to open up our arms to the lost because God says, I'm going to release favor in this season for people's hearts to be open to the gospel like they've never been open before because that's the evangelistic anointing that's being released here on earth and I can feel it so strong in my spirit. And I can tell you right now, faith builders, we will not be left behind. We're going to be right in sync with the Holy Spirit and what He desires in this season. We're going to humbly hear the clarion call of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So listen, the church is important and I can't wait to bring us back together. But in this season where we're not, let's exhort ourselves. Let's get focused. Let's get on fire for why we exist as the church of Jesus Christ. Really quick before we break our bed, bread, I got to share this revelation in Jeremiah. It'll take one minute. In this portion of Jeremiah being a prophet, in uh, Jeremiah 29, God came to Jeremiah and he told him, I want you to write a letter to the elders, to the prophets and the priests that are held captive right now. And I want you to listen to that word captive because right now it seems like we're living in captivity. You know, we're in our little homes and we can't come together and we, we feel like, what is God doing? And is there any miraculous power now? The Lord showed me this verse, this chapter this week. And he told the prophet Jeremiah, and I'm telling you this today, he said, write these letters to the people that are in captivity. And he told them in verse five, he said, I want you to tell them, keep building their houses and live in them. He said, continue to plant gardens and eat the fruit. Take your wives and give, give your children sons and your sons and daughters and let them have children. What is he saying? Keep living keep dreaming. I don't care what the world looks like. Looks like God is still on the throne. He's saying live in favor, live in joy, live in the year of miracles because miracles are being released right now. We are to live like Jesus is still on the throne. We don't look at what the world sees, but we look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And this whole letter is so amazing, but he says in a part of it, he said, tell them to pray for peace because I'm giving them peace. Woo! As we receive tonight, we are crying out for peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding in this situation. Why? Because God says favor is in this time and in this season. And then we go down to the infamous scripture that we all quote all the time, Jeremiah 29, 11. What did God say? In the middle of captivity. He said, I'm favoring you. I'm blessing you. But he goes on to say, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of, of good and not of evil, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, a future, and a hope. 
Woo, God is thinking great things in this season. Then you will call on me and you will pray and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me. And when you search for me with all of my heart, here's the great crescendo, verse 14. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Somebody thank Jesus. God is going to bring us out of this captivity. He is going to set us free. And when he does, he is going to unleash the power of the miraculous like we've never seen before. What I want you to do is get ready to receive your communion. Let's take your elements together. And I know that where we're at tonight, I wish I had you for 10 hours and I wish you were right in front of me. (laughs) But I know that wherever you're at and watching, I know God's touching you in his presence. So I want you to take your, your bread and your juice or whatever it is that you have used and I'm going to read these scripture verses over you tonight. This is such a special night. Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this moment that God, we don't do this religiously but God, tonight we do this to let you know that we have not forgotten you. We have not forgotten you, Jesus. Mm. We have not forgotten that price that you paid on that cross. We have not forgotten that you laid your life down willingly, separated from your Father. We have not forgotten your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. We have not forgotten the healing and the restoration that lies in your blood as we receive tonight. 1 Corinthians says this, For I have received from the Lord that which I have delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said take eat this is of my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me remembering the goodness of God remembering the healing of God remembering the deliverance of God we're remembering all the goodness tonight as we receive this bread the the bread of life, Jesus being the bread of life. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink. Do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Proclaim means we're a living living, um, story. We're a living sermon of Jesus Christ. So I want you to go ahead and receive your bread or your cracker. Father, we receive the bread, your body that was broken for us. We thank you for laying your life down willingly for us. We receive the great I am. We receive the bread of life. We partake now of our daily love and devotion of our Savior. We do this in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, let's receive our bread tonight. And Father, we thank you for your blood, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your blood, Jesus, that is the remission of our sins, that gives us eternal life with our Savior, the healing in our body, the healing in our soul tonight. We just praise you, Father God. 
And Lord, any one of us today who need the forgiveness of our sins through the blood of Jesus, I want you to repeat this prayer to me. Maybe there's some things you need to lay down. Maybe there's some things you need to give back to the Lord. Maybe you're coming back and you're a lost son, prodigal son or daughter, and you're coming back. This is awesome. Let's repeat this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sin. I recognize that I'm in need of a Savior, the forgiveness of my sins, and I receive your precious blood in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's receive our juice tonight. We're going to worship one more song together, then we're going to pray and let you enjoy your evening with your family. So let's just worship one more song.
want to pray over you really quick tonight. Father, if there's anyone who needs healing in their body, we just release the healing balm of Gilead right now. We declare that by the stripes of Jesus, they are healed. Father, we just speak to any ailments, any diseases, Father God, by the covenant of the blood of Jesus, they are healed. Lord, we speak to any healing in their souls and in their hearts. We just pray the peace of God, the calming of the Holy Spirit, the inner working of the power of God right now. Touch every person right where they're at, Father God. Let your spirit be in their homes, in their cars. Let your peace dwell. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said amen. Listen, I am so excited that we did this tonight, and I am so excited about Easter Sunday. This is the biggest day of the year for the Christians that we get to shout our God has risen. So listen, make sure that you find a time for faith builders. We're going to be on three times on Sunday morning. Make sure you pick up your care packages at the church tomorrow and let's celebrate Jesus. Let's let his name be the loudest thing they hear on Easter Sunday. Amen. So share it, have a watch party, invite your family in. And I know that you're going to be touched by the Holy Spirit and the word of God. I love you so much. We miss you. We love you. And we will see you on Easter Sunday. God bless you.